You're listening to the Centre Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live Jake, from our life groups. Um, as the video just mentioned, uh, Count Desert uh, Julian is said speak to Julian, but Desert Julian, by the way. Um, so speak to him if you want to get involved with these various things. Um, also, just want to draw your attention to one more thing before I share the word tonight. Uh, is mystery meals, and uh, the whole concept of this is is to connect with one another, not just on a Sunday, but actually to have fellowship with one another and have a meal together. And so what we're doing is we're doing this between both the Burgess Hill campus and this campus, and um, we're, basically what you do is you sign up to either be a guest in someone else's home, or to be a host, or both. And if you're happy to have someone over to your home, and you'd be happy to go to someone else's home, what we're going to do over the month is mix everyone up, and uh, hopefully build some good relationships and just help develop that sense of family as a church. So, um, before you leave today, we're trying to do it for the month of May, but we need as many people to be part of it as possible to make it really work. Um, sign in one of these, and um, and then we'll we'll let you know where you're going and who's coming to your house. Isn't that exciting? Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Let's, uh, I'm just going to pray, and then we're going to look at uh, the words tonight. Father, I thank you that you've got something for us. And Lord, we want to be people that are open to your voice. We want to be people that listen to what it is you're saying. Lord, I pray that you silence every other thought right now that would take over. And Lord, I pray right now that ears of our heart would be open to what it is your Spirit has said to us. May it bring revelation to our hearts tonight, Jesus. Thank you for it, Lord. In your name. Amen. Um, over this past uh, couple of months, we've been going through the Beatitudes. And uh, we, we spent eight weeks looking at each of the Beatitudes that Jesus shared on the Sermon of the Mount uh, that we see in Matthew. And it's been a great journey. We've, I, I've learned some things out of this journey as different people have been sharing um, some of the different things where Jesus said, Blessed are you when these things happen. Um, a lot of the, just for all those eight statements, most of us on the surface would say, I don't think that sounds blessed. Uh, I don't think, I, I feel like I'm blessed if, if I'm uh, being persecuted or if I'm um, going through challenges of various kinds. But actually, it's God's plan that when we're in this place of, of uh, weakness, and we're in a place of vulnerability, God is made strong in us. And that's the place of blessing when we come to His fullness. And many of those Beatitudes that we looked at was really talking about us coming to the place where God wants us to be. And in that place of being where God wants us to be, we find the blessing. And uh, Jesus then goes on to, to keep talking about uh, all sorts of things. In fact, the Sermon on the Mount goes over two chapters, sorry, three chapters. He is teaching on being salt and light to the world, loving our enemies, caring for those in need. Uh, defining what sin really is isn't just the things that we do on the outside, but it's also the things that we think about. He, he talked about how to pray. He, he challenged the, uh, us to not to worry. There was a lot of stuff in the Sermon on the Mount. Those those three chapters of, of, of Matthew are a great passage of Scripture to really dig into what God's kingdom is all about, what His purposes are really for us. And then, at the very end of the Sermon on the Mount, we, we come to verse 24 of chapter 7, and he kind of ends this whole dialogue, and goodness knows how long that whole speech or message was, because he kind of got like five or six messages all together in one, one, um, one discourse. But he comes to the very end, 
And we see, we're going to read tonight, Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27. It says this, it says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains came and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who's built his house on the sand. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell with a great crash. Now, it says, therefore, right? The very first word is therefore. And uh, in other words, in all these other things said before this, in light of everything that was said, here's the point. Okay? Here's the point. This is what you guys need to do with what I've just said. The underlying truth or reality is that we're all building something. Right? Every day that we live our lives, we're building something of our lives. We're, we're, we're building something. But the question that goes with this reality is what are we building on? What, what is the underground thing that we're, we're establishing our lives on? What's the foundation below the surface? Our foundation is what holds up the rest of the structure, right? Uh, how many of you ever have gone through building work in maybe a home that you've owned? The foundation bit of the building work is the most boring part of it. Wouldn't you agree? It's the bit that is, you know, they dig up your back garden or they, you know, you're going to build a conservatory or they dig it all up and they start to do all the stuff that's below the surface and it seems like it's not important because it doesn't look like anything. They're digging, they're, they're pouring foundations but really, whatever goes on at the bottom affects whatever can go up the top, right? No matter what kind of materials are used on uh, above the surface, if the foundation isn't good, the building will not be able to stand. And a great example of this is uh, is in Italy. Which building in Italy <laughs> would be a great demonstration of this? Colosseum. The Colosseum. No, not the Colosseum. Anyone else? Leading Tower of Pisa. Leaning Tower of Pisa. Now, what's wrong with this picture? It's wonky. It's wonky. The, the whole tower is wonky. Don and I, we, we, we toured this um, this great place, and it really is crooked. Um, it varies. How many of you have been to Leaning Tower of Pisa? Anyone? No. Okay. You've been to Leaning Tower of Pisa? Well, okay. And it is crooked. It's shank the right. Sank on the right. It's sank on the right, yes. Well, especially in this picture. If you're on the other side, it's sank on the right. Right. So, now, what happened was, is actually they started to build it, and uh, they realized there was a problem as they were building it higher. Uh, and so they started to compensate and try to, to correct it by... It, it's a bit actually curved. Um, they were trying to correct the, the structure, but at the end of the day, what was below the surface, no matter how great the marble was up top, could not stop the fact that this... This whole tower that they were building, the grandeur of it, there was a there's a problem. And if there was any minor earthquake that hit Italy, this thing would fall. Um, when we were there a number of years ago, they had weights on the left hand side trying to hold it down because it was shifting ever so slightly further right, and uh, so they were weighting it and trying to reinforce the foundation so it wouldn't topple over completely. Now Jesus said. Okay, there's this foundation that we, we, we're all building upon. And there's actually, he, he said there's only two kinds of builders. Right? There's those who, who build on the rock and there's those who build on the sand. And uh, 
Proverbs, when we, we look at building on sand, there's this, this understanding that uh, God says something, we hear what Jesus is saying to us, God has his best for our lives, but we decide that we know best at the end of the day. I don't know if you've ever had these moments where something is revealed to you, where maybe it's a change in your life, maybe it's something that is a better way. It's kind of like looking at this when we looked at the Beatitudes, and all of these things are like, hmm, I don't know if I can sign on to that. And yet, at the end of the day, when we decide, you know what, I think I know what's best, it's like we start to lay these foundations on our lives, we start making decisions that's built upon something that has no depth to it, has no, has no anchoring. It's, it's only temporary. For example, we, we, can, we can build upon our own understanding what we think is best, right? The Bible talks about lean not on your own, uh, your own understanding, but trust in the Lord with all your heart. The whole aspect of leaning on our own understanding is saying, my understanding I'm going to build my whole life upon, because I think I know best. How many of you ever lived kind of those moments of your life where you know best? Yeah? When a, when a child, um, I just can't remember with Annalise and Caleb what year, years it was, but especially when they're learning to do things on their own, um, there's this built-in mechanism where they don't want to be told how to do it right. Right? If, they, if they're having to wash up or they're having to do something, um, they're like, no, I'll do it. I'll do it. Even though they're doing it wrong, they, they have to do it. I think somewhere around four years old or maybe three years old, they, they have to do it their way. The problem is, is that you know as a parent, the way that they're doing is just, it's not going to work. It's going to fall. Or it's, gonna, it, it's not going to happen as it should happen. And so we can, we can lean on and understand. We can also lean on other things. Um, we can build a security around our life that's kind of based upon our financial state. You know, it's okay if I got X number of pounds in the bank. Life's going to be okay. I've got a good savings plan. I've got a good pension for the future. Life's okay. Maybe it's my health. I've got to come from a good, healthy family. I'm healthy. I'm strong. Maybe I've got lots of friends around me. Uh, I've got a good education. I've got lots of strength. All of these things we can kind of say, I don't need God because I've got this stuff. Right? And sometimes when we, we try to share with people uh, about faith, about trusting in God, I say, why do I need God when I've got all this other stuff? Why would I need God if I can supply all my own needs? What, what, when God's, why does God need to be my provider? Yet the funny thing is, we, there's a lot of things in life that we can't control. We can't control whether we live or die. We can't control whether we have um, our health is good or not good. Obviously, we can do things to help maintain our health. But at the end of the day, whether we, we live or die, whether we have breath or not, or whether we feel healthy or don't feel healthy, a lot of that has to do with God. Whether we have money or no, we don't have money, it's dependent often upon a bigger picture that we're not in control of. We see happen over in the world, around the world, people who put a lot of money, or sorry, a lot of um, security, or a lot of uh, kind of um, reliance upon wealth, only to find that you know the stock market crashes, or, or things happen in the oil industry, or you know the banking crisis. Uh, I don't know how many of you were affected by you know the banks kind of had their problems a number of years ago, but but a lot of people lost all their money in this whole process. Now the second reality is that storms and trials will come in our lives. It, it says. Uh, the rains came down, and the streams rose, and the winds blew, and beat against that house. The, the question isn't a matter of if they come, 
It's actually a question of when they come. We all hit these moments when, when the bottom kind of falls out of our lives. Where the things that we thought were going to be uh, solid and secure, things just happen. You get that phone call and you think, I wasn't expecting that phone call from that person or from the doctor. I went for a checkup and I didn't realize that that was going to be the result. Because suddenly my world is shaken. And it isn't a question of if these things will happen. It is a, it is a, a reality of they will happen. The winds will come against your house. The, the things in life uh, that we hold so securely will be challenged. Death of a loved one. I know many people who, you know, life was just going on as they thought it would, and suddenly there was a car crash. Suddenly something happened, and all that they thought, you know, they, they, they just had their family, and that was great. They didn't need God because God, the family was so strong until, you know, someone in the family dies suddenly. Then what? What happens when the foundation of our lives, when things that we're building on, are not secure and don't stand up? God never intended, and I think the whole point of what Jesus is saying here is God, He never intended for us to face this life alone. The whole point of building a foundation in Him is so that we don't have to face this alone. It, it, his intention isn't for you to kind of just figure it out. But He's actually saying, you know, I've, I've got a better plan. I've got an intention. He doesn't want us to build and rebuild and build and rebuild. It's kind of like building a house on a fault line where there just keeps being earthquakes. You build it and then it falls apart, and you, you rebuild it and it just falls apart. You know the places in the world, you know where they build houses close to the seashore, and, and then you know you've got tsunami waves and they just wash everything out. And there's a temptation just to rebuild in the same place, but then there's always a risk: is it going to happen again? Now Jesus gave the secret to a wise build. Okay, so as an example, here's a great, great, beautiful house. Looks really great, but something's wrong with the house. You really wouldn't want to stay in it, would you? <laughs> No, you would feel uncomfortable going out on the deck. Um, <laughs> enjoy the, the, the sea view. God gave, or Jesus gave some secrets to the wise building. And the first one is, is therefore, anyone hears my words and puts them into practice is like the wise builder who built his house upon the rock. And so the very first thing that Jesus says here is, is quite simple, is who listens to his words? What is God saying? There's this question I used to be asked when I, uh, the first year I was, um, had volunteered for, with a missionary couple in Holland. And uh, pretty much every week this lady would ask me over and over, um, and she would, not just me, but everyone kind of that was volunteering, helping, what is God saying to you? And I was 18 at the time, and, and I remember no one had ever asked me that question of, of, of what is God saying? And I, it was a challenging question because uh, if I were to ask you the same question, what has God been speaking to you? Sometimes we, we, we start to grasp that, well, I don't know what God's saying. But can I tell you that God is saying something to you? He, he is speaking. Whether or not we're listening to His voice is another story, but His Spirit is constantly speaking to our lives. He, he's constantly there trying to get our attention. We see Revelation, says, I stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice. It isn't a question of, is His voice Speaking is a question, are we hearing his voice? And so what is God saying to you? What is his message in the in the word? What, what is he teaching you? Wise builders listen. And I think that's probably a frustration again with children is when they don't listen. Any parents can appreciate that? When a child doesn't listen? 
I don't know if you've been there. Maybe it's just our kids. It is so frustrating when children don't listen. Because you're trying to tell them something and they don't listen. You don't want them to do something. You just keep doing it. And it's so frustrating as a parent when children don't listen. Maybe I'm alone on this one. No? No? Anyone else can relate? Okay. Grandparents, you probably can also relate when grandchildren don't listen. You know, why is it frustrating when they don't listen? Because you know best in that situation. And sometimes I've been amazed at technology and how it consumes kids' lives. Um, It's like when our son or daughter are behind this little screen of a tablet or computer that somehow they cannot listen anymore. They're distracted so completely that you can be right in the same room saying, Caleb, can you set the table? Can you lay the table for, for dinner? And it's amazing how you can be within hearing distance and they don't hear what you just said. Yes? Maybe you've been there. <laughs> you're right there. They're right there and they're not hearing what you're saying. Why? Because they're not paying attention to you. You are not the most important thing in their world at that moment. All of this, all of the, 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 the plans and purposes God has for our lives are laid out in Scripture. But not just are they in Scripture. His Spirit has been given to us to lead us into all truth. His Spirit is, when we give our lives to Jesus, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. We're given His, His, uh, His Counselor. We're given the Counselor inside of us to speak into our spirits and to lead us into the things that, that um, our own intellect would never lead us into. The challenge is, are we listening to that voice, that inner voice of the Spirit? Are we listening to what the Word says? All of these things help us understand His perfect plan, which leads us to a more secure way of living. Because at the end of the day, when we're leaning on our own understanding, when we're leaning on other things, God knows that those things will not stand the test of time. And He knows that if we take His Word to heart, and we say, Do you know what? Even though I don't understand it, even though I don't like it, I'm going to choose to listen. I'm going to choose to focus my ears upon what you're saying. It will lead to a better way. So the first part is listening, which is in some ways the easier bit. The second bit of this is, I think, much harder, is doing what he says. Right? It's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to do it. Putting things into practice is, is a challenge because often God's ways are not our ways. Right? When God says, I've got a plan for your life, I've got a purpose, I, I want you to do this. And, he goes, and it's, it's like, what? Chris... Mm-hmm. This is kind of like coming in and out. I don't know if you can just yeah, sure. EQ it a little bit. Sorry. Or pull it down and maybe just pull it down in the mains. Yeah, sure. It's not enough to just know God's plan. We need to be able to use it and activate it. And as I said, it is, it's, a, it's a challenge, I think, when God says things that are contrary to our thinking. I think, again, going back to the Beatitudes, so many of those Beatitudes are contrary to our human nature. Blessed are the meek. Well, who wants to be meek? Who wants to be humble? Who, who, who wants to, to come to a place where, actually, uh, I'm, I'm giving myself, being merciful, being pure in heart, being poor in spirit. All of these things are, is a challenge for us, coming to that place of recognition. It's, part, it's at this point, though, we start to build on the rock of Christ Jesus. And if you can pull up the next next slide. There's, there's a house. I don't know where this house is. But if you go to the picture before, 
Okay, now go to this picture. Which house would you like to stay the night in? That one? No, no. All right, this one. How many of you agree this would be probably the safer place to be? What stands out about this place? Is that it's quite secure, right? It's built on a rock. I don't know how they built it on this rock, but it's uh, it looks almost like it could be in Scotland. Um, but it's built solidly on this rock. And the point is that when we start to build on Christ Jesus, we start to build on Him who's this rock, who, who doesn't move. And when God says something, when He says a, a word into our lives, when He speaks, His promises and His purposes never change. When He says something, it will happen. When He promises, His promises are yes and amen. They, they, the, the Bible says they're the same yesterday, today, forever. He doesn't change. And so when He's speaking to our lives, we can hold on to this because in the storms, when the storms come, we're upon something that will not move. And so even though all around us the, the, the hurricanes can be blowing and all sorts of stuff can be happening, we ourselves are secured because we're planted in Jesus Christ. The problem is it isn't in the storm that we need to start building upon Christ. Right? You don't see people in a hurricane starting to build a house. No? It's usually not a good plan. It's before the hurricane comes. It's before the trials come. It's, before, it's in the place of peace where you actually, even though maybe right now you think, I, I don't know if I really need to do this. You know what? It's when the storms come, you've already done the legwork beforehand. You've already put things into practice. You've already built the disciplines in your heart of, of getting into His Word and, and spending time with Him and and disciplining your lives to, to follow His voice, that when the challenges come, you've got something you're anchored to that doesn't change. We're not moved because His Word never changes. And we keep standing as we hold on to Him. And we sing a song, He's the anchor for our soul. And He truly, He is that. You see, the, the, the funny thing is that when we're secure in our standing... In that place, even though all the world around us can be uh, turbulent, inside of us we can experience this peace, we can experience joy, we can experience comfort, we can experience a deep inner strength. And even though on the surface everything's going wrong, inside of us is good. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Right? In the points of challenge, we can experience this deep strength that doesn't come upon circumstances, but it's completely dependent upon Him. And I don't know about you, but I, I want to know that place of peace every day of my life. And peace isn't something that is environment dependent, but it's heart dependent. As I've shared in the past, I've been on holidays that are less than peaceful because what's going on inside of me or what's going on with the family. <laughs> but mostly, you know, I, I can be stressed out. You know, we, we went on family, uh, we went on holidays when we went with no money. Uh, but we, we went away on holiday. And, and I was stressed out about money the whole time. And although we were in these tranquil places of England, and I was stressed out, I don't know how I'm going to afford this. Um, oh, we pay for parking. Ah! Oh. The point is, is that actually... God can come and bring this deep inner peace into our hearts. Why? Because we know even in the bit, in the middle of the trial, that He's still there. Nothing's changing. 
When I wake up in the morning and I look to Him, He's still there. I still hear, I still experience His presence. And so in that, in the challenges, I still know that I'm, hold, I'm held in His hands. And nothing can come against me in that place and prosper. No weapon formed against me will prosper when I'm in God's hands. Jesus promises that those who trust in Him will never be put to shame. And I, I guess I, we kind of just wanted to end the series a bit tonight with this understanding of all the things that we hear in, in, in church, with the, the, the life groups, the things that we're studying. It's great to hear things, but the challenge is, is for us to start to build with those things. When God says, and He challenges us to maybe pray, or He challenges us to, to maybe trust Him on these things, or to, to allow forgiveness to, to, to enter our hearts, or to release, or to, to let go, is to do it. Because He knows that we're starting to build upon something that will test, will go through the test of time. So just as I close, it, just a couple questions. Is, first question is, what, what are you building on today? Are you a listener, but really have a tendency to do your own thing? Or are you a listener and a practitioner of what Jesus is saying? And can I just say, speaking from my own life, I don't always get it right. There's been many times I, where God has spoken something to me, and I just didn't think God was right. And so I decided I knew best, and I just did my own thing, only to come back to that same place and say, okay, God, hands up. I got it wrong. I'm sorry. You're right. I'm wrong. Again. It's about looking at our lives right now and saying, where am I at? In this moment, the decisions that you're making, are the decisions reflecting you putting your anchors down in Christ? Or is it you putting your anchors down in the sand of your own understanding, your own things, your, your own world? Jesus' heart and his desire is to bless. But in order for us, for him to, uh, to bless us and to, to help us to live life and life to the full, we need to come to a place where we fully trust him and are completely anchored to him. It doesn't just happen. You don't wake up one morning and it's all good. It, it takes a series of choices of choosing to listen, choosing to follow, choosing to obey. The passage of scripture that is just before this, therefore, says many will say on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy your name and drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, away from me, you evildoers. And then it says, therefore, everyone who hears my word and puts it into practice. The whole thing is even in the church world, we can be doing things and be very super spiritual. That the heart of it is listening and obeying what God is saying to us. He isn't looking for us to be super prophetic. He's looking for us to be super obedient and trusting and giving of ourselves to Him. Does that make sense? Yeah? I want to just pray for us and, and maybe tonight God is just speaking to you about maybe there's an area that you've been leaning on your own understanding and He wants you to just lean on Him. Can we give that to Him tonight? Can we say, God, you know what? You know best. And I want to choose, I'm choosing tonight to be anchored to You and not anchored to my own thoughts. 
I'm choosing to let go of maybe what I'm holding on to, and I'm going to choose to anchor onto your words and upon to your will. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people, in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news, or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.